like what we do here at Clever, please consider supporting the show. To make a one-time donation, click the link in the episode description. Thank you. One for mom and one for me. Hey, beautiful. Ulta Beauty invites you to see the joy this holiday season with top gifts for everyone on your list, including you. Discover Black Friday beauty deals all week long from brands like Tarte, ColourPop, First Aid Beauty, and more. Shop in-store, online, or try curbside pickup today. Alta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. Hello there. This message is coming to you from the History Extra podcast from BBC History Magazine, a collection of fascinating conversations with leading historians, giving you the lowdown on history's biggest characters, hidden stories, and greatest adventures. Speaking of great adventures, this week, the History Extra podcast is brought to you by Booking.com. Whether you're looking for a culture-filled city break, a local getaway, or a far-flung adventure, you can save at least 30% with Booking.com's Black Friday deals. These deals are for a limited time only, so you'll need to book before 1st of December to make the most of them. But the good news is that you'll have the flexibility to travel any time in 2021. Head to booking.com forward slash Black Friday to book your next big adventure. Support for Clever comes from Master and Dynamic. We know you love great design and care about quality audio. So we know you will love Master and Dynamic's headphones and earphones. Brilliant sound and design motivates everything they do. So Master and Dynamic products are the perfect gift for the music and design-obsessed alike. And after you see the craftsmanship and premium materials, we know you'll want to get a pair for yourself too. Whether you're looking for luxurious and comfortable over-ear headphones, portable and power-packed true wireless earphones, or an immersive wireless speaker, Master and Dynamic has what you need to upgrade your listening experience. Hear your favorite podcast, clever, obviously, and your favorite songs in a whole new way. Visit masterdynamic.com and use the code CLEVER for 10% off your new pair of headphones. Terms and conditions apply. That's masterdynamic.com. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie. I'm Amy, and this is Clever. Today's episode, with the inimitable Aaron Draplin, was recorded live from a podcast studio in an Airstream trailer on the show floor of Adobe Max, Adobe's annual creativity conference. Jamie couldn't be there. That's why you'll only hear me on the interview. We want to give a big thanks to Adobe Max and Airstream for including us in the conference and inspiring us to take our show on the road. Now back to Aaron. Many of you probably recognize the name. He's well-established in the realms of logo design, graphics, type, and branding. He's worked at Snowboarder Magazine, a big-time design studio, and even designed some logos for the Obama administration. But now he works for himself, having founded Draplin Design Company in 2004. Oh, and he's the guy behind those field notes notebooks that have such a cult following. Born in Michigan, now based in Portland, his life has been steeped in snowboarding, punk rock, a hearty constitution, solid work ethic, continual hat wearing, and wordsmithing. He wears his strong character and integrity on his sleeve, and well, it's really easy to like him. Have a listen and see for yourself. My name 
name is Aaron James Draplin. I'm 45 years old as of yesterday. I live in Portland, Oregon. Happy birthday. Thank you. By way of uh, northern Michigan. I'm a graphic designer by trade, um, but really the pursuits are to stay as little as possible, love it along the way, make a shit whack of money, pay a mountain in taxes, but try to dig it. Uh, I don't think it's too much to ask for. No. Aren't we lucky to be creatives, but then to like our jobs too? Graphic designers like to complain about what they do a little too much for my liking. So I'm here to champion it and say this is fun. So that's been the whole pursuit. You know, no alarm clocks along the way either. Well, all right. <laughs> I love it. We like to start by going all the way back to the beginning. You okay. said Michigan. I'm a fellow Michigander too. Let's right. slap our hand maps. Right, right. So you said Ypsilanti. I'm okay. from Ypsilanti. You? Well, northern Michigan, Traverse City, but born okay. in Redford, which is Detroit. So as much as I was a kid of the city, we left when I was four. But I have a mom who was into Bobby Seeger, a mom who was into Motown, mm-hmm. a mom who was into the Stooges and the, you know, Stay Alive with the fucking MC5. Mm-hmm. My mom has the MC5, you know, the naughty record. She's yeah. got that. So she saw that stuff. So that's in me, too. So the idea Iggy that... Pop and the Stooges? Oh, she saw it. Yeah. So I have a cool mom. And my dad was incredible. But the idea that, like, um, that is a part of me, that Detroit is a part of me. But we went north, and then it was a real treat for us to come back to the city to go to, like, Tell 12 Mall. Mm-hmm. Go to, like, the merry-go-round. <laughs> I don't know what year you are, but I'm class of 91. So I was a kid in the 80s. Yeah. So 82, 85. I was down there for Tiger Games or to go school shopping or to see, you know, my modernist aunt and uncle in Southfield and then uh, my not-so-modernist rest of the family out in Milford or something. But, <laughs> okay. you, know, you know, who were, like, really warm and fun and, and, like, family, my uncles and aunts and stuff. So we were down there a whole bunch. But, you know, as I started to get older, plotting my escape. So Traverse City can start to feel a little small if you've got big dreams. Is that is that what well, happened? I mean, it, this was, it was mountains, really. We were yeah. snowboarders and skateboarders. Skateboarders in the summer and snowboarders in the winter. And okay. pizza makers all year long. And at 17 out of high school, we our sights, you know, the first wave went out in 85. The next wave went out in 88. And then it was our turn in 91, snowboarders oh, going right. west. Mm. All to Breckenridge, <clears throat> so Summit County. When it was our shitty little turn in 93, we weren't going to go somewhere where we knew all the girls from our high school and all these dudes, you know, whatever, and very sort of incestuous, weird. We kept going to Oregon, and that was 93. Okay. So, um, yeah, it was just to get to elevation. So back up to your childhood a little bit, what was your family dynamic like? You said you had a cool mom. Mm-hmm. You're pretty celebratory of your dad as yeah, well. Of like, Tell us what the draft it was a cr- dynamic it was. was. A, it was a cool household. There wasn't a lot of bumps and grinds, you know. Um, my dad was full of life, full of bullshit, funny. <laughs> my mom was the sort of even keel okay. who kept that animal in line. My mom was the one who probably worried a little more than my dad. My dad was the fun one. My mom was the kind of disciplinarian, you know, with us. Um, I had two little sisters. We have three of My dad would say, I have three kids, one of each. Okay. Um, but, you know, uh, Legos, Pizza Fridays, Little League Baseball, pretty all-American shit, but little tastes and touches of modernism well so that's what i was going to ask you is how did your creativity start to you know well, like marinate to in there? i always like to draw okay. i've been drawing since i was you know mom tells you stories three and four stick figures and things so she got me going young i could draw my dad sleeping you know maybe not you know i, I could just draw i, I like to draw i like to 
you know, do diagrams of war models and things because it was very technical and yeah. just this quality of like paper and pens. Out of high school, you know, based on my height, weight, face, and you know, demographic, you go go be <laughs> some kind of plumber or something, you know. But I had <laughs> I had just enough, you know, with my aunts and uncles. My one uncle was, uh, um, you know, sort of an engineer and. He would go there. You see and, in Michigan manufacturing? Uh, nah, yes. And I, seats for one of the car, you know, one, yeah. of the, one of the guys. Okay. But they, they had like Eames chairs laying around. Mm-hmm. Or just really simple, you know, like plywood art and stuff. From one of my cousins, one of their sons. But I just would see that stuff. And that was different than sort of the Victorian turn of the century. I want to say it's called arts and crafts stuff my mom and dad had, which were these old, beautiful tuned tooled um oak things my dad would rescue from these rough houses i'm mm. um, in detroit take back up north and then strip all the paint off and my mom has beautiful oak hutches there the entire place is all that stuff so we were raised around this appreciation for the old yeah my dad's old signs being respectful of um when they tear down olympia stadium and what it means to legions of red wing fans i was raised around that the new isn't always better you know, kind right. of thing. Right. Um, but, you know, summers with my grandma in Detroit, um, summers with my Irish grandma, Leo, pickled on Budweiser up in, <laughs> up in Wixom. Uh, Evenings in Hamtramck? I went down, we went to Polish Kitchen a yeah. couple of times, you know. I mean, I, you know, I have these romantic, you know, notions such a stupid graph design. I'm just tired of hearing the, the notion that there's big ideas of going home someday. But I don't know where I live and... I mean, we had to escape. That's really where it started, was just getting the hell out. And getting the hell out. Well, so I wanted to talk to you about your teenage years. Yeah. Like, did you, is that when you started to feel like, started well, to plan your escape? Yeah, I think. We're, oh, that's when snowboarding's happening Yeah, for you, right? yeah, yeah. When okay. we were kids, really what it was, it was the punk rockery or the fuckery of skateboarding and snowboarding. Yeah. Through that, we met, girls were our equals. Girls loved their own bands and stuff, too. It wasn't this bullshit where the jocks ran the roost. Yeah. And then these girls hung up. Fuck all them. We didn't care about them. They were the pretty people. By the way, I got news for you. 24, 27, 27 years later, we won. We listened to better <laughs> bands. We got better tattoos. These stupid people in their golf shirts. Ugly kids named Michaela, McKenna, McKenna, McKenzie, McKenzie, and Riley. Fuck them all. Anywho, I saw that. And I was like, I don't. What do, I want to go learn about art and I want to go, I'm going to go do it. I want to, I want to, but see, it wasn't this glorious thing of like, I'm going to go be a graphic designer or even an artist. It was very trade centric. Okay. I need to make a living. So as a young kid, what skateboarding taught us was, you know, individuality, you know? Well, the punk skateboarding movement had a lot of DIY, that of that ethos of like, I can do it myself and I don't need to follow the rules necessarily. I'm so glad that we were dipped in that stuff. Because yeah. It showed us that you could be new wave, you could be goth, you could be hippie. We hung out with hippies, but what we were... But it were, showed us how to deconstruct the system. You found your path, and it was okay when we went to that party. All the good-looking kids, where were? They, who cares where they were at? What, studying for some SAT or some school they were going to go to? Fine. We started to think for ourselves, make our own decisions. And guys, go off the deep end. I'm pretty much straight edge. But nothing political. Mm. Just too much work to lift the cup, to hold it. <laughs> the forty ounce curls. That wasn't your workout. Like all the sticky stuff on these little tools and things for weed. I, I don't care. I'm saving it for someday. 
I just didn't give a shit because it was like, I don't want my freedom to be taken away in dumbass Michigan. So I was pretty good for like, if I got pulled over, I knew my rights and I could just talk to the cops and say, you can search my car you want. I can deliver pizzas, man. Go. That's different than some kid, you know, down in an eighth of weed, you know, trying to get it away from these guys. Mm -hmm. So that came from punk rock too, Mm. to see that, you know, these, I don't know, minor threats, these fugazis and minor threats and stuff could have a point of view that was so much bigger than just rah, 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 punk, 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 punk. No, I got an education and how to talk about friends who are different, how to appreciate and tolerate. You know, you know I mean, that yeah. came from punk rock. That did not come from my school. It came from Ian Mackay in some weird way, you know, Fugazi or something. It was, yeah, it was that angstiness that, like, the status quo needs to be better. We need to, we can tinker with the system and make it better. But you were getting ready to tell us the about... The dead Kennedys, you know. Yeah, and I descendants. Mean, politically charged. And it planned to seed me to in a healthy way to just look at government a little sideways just a smidge and say wow you know you got to look a little deeper than just what they're what we're fed that's the dead candies exactly yes okay so skateboarding took you out to portland and this was before college well two little community college years right out of high school 17 and 19 and then i had the blessing of mom and dad so that was enough to like let them let me go you know because otherwise i want to go at 17 but i just wasn't ready but at 19, I had their blessing. So we had a couple grand in our pockets. We saved our money. Went to Bend, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Portland on the weekends. See, you know, horseshit mans. Who who were people going to see in our group? They were going to see ugh, offspring. Wait, <laughs> wait for it. I was going to see the Jesus Lizard. Yeah, mm, I saw the Jesus stuff. Lizard. Yeah, yes, you did. <laughs> One of the beautiful people. I just saw him two weeks ago. 60 years old up there. Dropping his drawers. Just, you know, good, clean fun. I'm so thankful, you know, that skateboarding, punk rockery got me to the indie rock, got me to Dinosaur Jr., Sebados, the softer things, the Red House Painters. I could talk for hours just about bands, but really my heroes were the butthole surfers. My heroes were the Jesus Lizard. My heroes were the flaming fucking lips. They were these guys that had complete creative control. It wasn't about money or big or little or whatever. My heroes, they make their own art. Mm-hmm. That all comes from just going and taking your own way. So when we were out there, we were living like animals. We we would buy our passes. I did a little bit of college. So I had an associate's degree at this point. Okay. But we were living out west. I was 19 years old, just starting my life, and 3,000 miles from my mom and dad. It was so awesome. And taking <laughs> care of each other. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it was, it was great. And were you feeling sort of... Um liberated and lawless at the time or a were little you bit, feeling like you had but a plan? also dumb because we get out there i remember sure. we went to a big old costco and loaded up on ramen and 24 packs of cokes and just things that stupid 20 year olds straight do. sugar and carbs mm. <laughs> and uh we got back to the house and we didn't even have stuff to prepare it with you know like we didn't have like a strainer you know or something i remember like i think we need to go buy a strainer you know that's cutting into your budget right so all the creature comforts we had as kids, as middle class, lower middle, I don't even know, who cares? Just yeah, regular you had to kids. You buy your own toilet paper. Just, we had to go. So, what you'd do is my buddy Chad Smith would steal it. For the record, Mount Bachelor, Chad <laughs> would steal these two foot diameter. You could, you know, let that roll go. <laughs> sit and read a paper, check your watch before you grabbed a big wad. I'm getting a little, I'm going a little too deep, but we stole a lot of toilet paper from Mount Bachelor. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you did your skateboarding thing. I'm sorry, your snowboarding thing. Yeah, yeah. And but at some point, you you worked your way back to Minneapolis. Yes, to go to art school. Tell me yeah. what was synergizing in your brain that yeah. made that decision happen. Where we're from, 
as you know, you have to go to school. Yeah. If you don't go to school, you're not this. But what about my buddies who didn't have any of that privilege, you know? I was lucky to have a mom and dad that could help me with my first two years of community college, which was two grand. You know, people talk about it these days like it's just something you just go do. I had friends who just went and started to work. They were just in the workforce out of at, at 18 years old. It's okay, you know? So I, had, I, my mom and dad weren't allowed to go to school because my dad took care of my grandma. Because oh. my mom had a dad who passed and he had to take care of six brothers and sisters. Oh that's their stories. Mm-hmm. And my mom was 23 at the time or something. So that's why I went because I wanted to honor that. So that was always a hole in me. So one year out west is supposed to be one year of living, you know, high on the hog on the lamb. And then we're going to go back to some school. It turned into five years you know i was going up to alaska to work and then i would go back to school you work in the fisheries no oh. no i go where the fish bite oh, okay princess tours with the old people the golden oldies because they were you know getting them off the the planes and the big cruise ships and we would take them through the interior on this train i was a dishwasher so i did that for four summers that's how i'd fund school towards the last couple summers but it was it was this incredible western adventure where we were snowboarding all over the west mm-hmm. on no budget we're just a bunch of rat kids collectively. What's so cool about the world. You know, one of the hardest things that we ran to when we went out west, rich kids. Rich kids, apres lifestyle. Mm. Where it's like, yeah, mom's got, I got a credit card. That was really, I still, I feel embarrassed saying that stuff, but it was hard because I would go up to Alaska to make my money for the next winter. Yeah. And they're down, I don't know, going to Lollapaloozas and shit. And I'm up there like washing dishes, but that's the best I could do. So, I know how to suck, I'll just say. I just know how to go deal, you know? Did you feel uh, the classism was annoying or you just couldn't relate to the entitlement? Well, when you or... get out west yeah. and you realize, oh, the snowboarding and shit. Remember, when we were back home, we would get a broom, push the snow into a lane on a golf course in the dark because you put the lights on the on the on where you land. Someone's car, you know, some... 1991 Dodge Sadness Wagnon or whatever whatever these guys are driving. Dodge Sadness. The Dodge Despair. <laughs> and that would be enough for us because it wasn't about who was the best. It was about just being together. Yeah. So we get out there and you realize you can't afford going to Jackson Hole, but what you can afford is hiking Targhee Pass on the way into Jackson Hole. That's free. If you're even allowed to go like even hike past those boundaries. But we, we did that. It was awesome. And got just enough of a taste. But here's the thing is like, I started seeing friends up in Portland who had like degrees in mm. things mm-hmm. and getting jobs and cool jobs, snowboarding jobs, like in a snowboard company that makes jackets and you get to the other guy that makes ah, the catalogs. Yeah. Well, I want to be one of those. I need I need to have a job. Starting to manipulate and have a, a hand in the industry now, shaping well, things. I mean, I didn't even know those things existed. So we started going to trade shows and seeing... Action sports. Yes, in Vegas. And yeah. seeing the people do this stuff and meeting some of the characters. And, of course, just grommets going down there to st- grommets, stickers. I grommets. I that word, yeah. Stickers and goodies. And there is a certain AM, PM on Sahara in Las Vegas where I barfed my guts out high as fuck on uh, red hot schnapps. I'm not much of a drinker. I'm not much of a drinker. And I got hammered. And I just told my friends, I need to go figure this out. And I like hit three walls inside a four wall shitter at an AM PM. So that is a a warm memory of of going to Vegas as kids. But we got to see it. Mm -hmm. And it was like, what is the sort of common denominator of these people getting these jobs? Sure, it's nepotism. But also... 
no, that guy said he went to this art school. So I got oh, this hole in me. Okay. And it combined with mom and dad saying, when are you going to come back? So at 24, I went to Minneapolis. A hero was Chuck Anderson. A hero was Haley Johnson, the Sharon Werners, and uh, Todd Piper Howsworth, and just things and stuff and things and stuff around Minneapolis. And it was awesome. And I wanted to be around it. And I went to MCAD, and I got in. Mm. I couldn't afford it. I got in. I got a big ass scholarship. That's what allowed me to go. It was eighteen grand a year. It was my scholarship, and I it was thirty six grand a year for school. So I had to take a big old loan, you know, thirty five grand or something. But I got to go finish my last two years there, and really fell for the city. At a time when you know out west, I don't know, you know, what was cool out in Portland in nineteen ninety eight, Modest Mouse or something. Mm-hmm. Like I loved all that stuff too, but I was going back to. Um, the Midwest to like look for the ghosts of the replacements. Right. I didn't get to see them. I wasn't old enough. So it's I was you know kind of oh, messed. I saw them in Detroit once. No, I in know. New York. What City year York. did you get out of high school? Help me here. Eighty nine. Oh, well that's how did you get to see them? If you just <laughs> that means you're a senior, not just a pitiful little sophomore. But how I, did you get to? Because I made a point of it. You okay? Right. You have two more years on me, so you yeah. got to go figure it out. My friends. But who you got like, to live in Minneapolis. See, my friends who were eighty fives, eighty sevens, eighty. Sixes, oh, they saw them a bunch because they were like sixteen going down. But I remember seeing their name in the in the paper and stuff. But we were into Nirvana mm-hmm. and uh, Monster Magnet and uh, bullshits and whatever it was. But you know, to go there and love that stuff and love how Spartan their whole aesthetic was and how just they shot themselves in the foot. They're the kings of shooting themselves in the foot. I just wanted to be a graphic designer like that. I don't yeah. care about awards and who was the best or being accolades or whatever. The f- I just wanted to go and be honest with it and <clears throat> just make a living. If it meant being working for a newspaper, there's not, there's not, it's not a dirty word. So I loved it back there because I got to see. I remember Paul Westerberg said once that he oh. uh, he studied songwriting and then he decided to do everything that they told him not to do. Well, and a lot of, I mean, first of all, he's dyslexic, so he's like this has this, you know the wordsmith of like someone who's having a problem with that turned into an art form. Yeah. That's a very Paul Westerberg thing. What a hero in so many weird ways. And you know, when you get really close to him, have you met him? No, I have. Oh, and he got really close and you saw like how rough his teeth were. He's a human being at that point. Who's fragile as fuck, you know? And it was just like, I loved him that much more. Yeah. Because you put them on these pedestals until you really get up close and see all the warts and moles and scratches and scratches, you know, then you can relate too. No, I just love them. Feel the connection. I just love that how uh, primal it kind of felt. So I was back there at a time, and you know, if you know about graphic arts, in the late '90s, it was all the uh, residual riffraff of like the postmodern, post-postmodern, masturbatory, just sprinkle shit in the page and slam it down, and then get a grad degree over it. I like the grid. And okay. Th- that wasn't very popular and frankly it was not popular like the goofy replacements then because there was other things that were cool i was made fun of by people that were minneapolis people who were embarrassed by that shit it's like i know i missed it by 10 years but those ghosts were still really beautiful to me so i just loved that when i was there like i just like being around this well there's something about the Midwest that I think hardens people in a be- really beautiful way and there's something about your work, your logos that are sort of sturdy, enduring and they look good weather beaten. Well, you, you know, you like- go, well right, you go to a train yard and you see a train come in in the snow and the f- snow falls off the side of that metal train and you can still see the logo. That is graphic design. 
And that train yard's shitty and dirty and weird, and that is absolute. It's doing its job. And it's, it's got job. A, a layer of brown, just you know, muck. atmospheric smog just, on just, it. Just yes. bullshit. You know, yeah. it's like now when you go two hours away and you're in, you know, middle of nowhere, uh, Wyndham, Minnesota, out of that big city, and it's just dirt farming. You see it too. A train going by a, a mile away. What we got to see in Minneapolis, besides aside from just nerding out on heroes. We got to see some pretty highfalutin stuff, too, at the Walker Art Center. See people challenge contemporary issues and excesses of graphic design. Got to be around all of it. And then I would go to a steel yard mm-hmm. for an afternoon. It would absolutely reset me because just Wally the steel guy doesn't give a shit what your degree is. Right. This is what it costs per pound. Of, what, are you, what are you using this shit for? Right. Well, I'm using it for some stupid art project. So it was a really great reset. After And I don't want to say decadence, but just going out west and seeing people have everything or act like it sometimes. You're in these Jackson Holes and Tahoes and shit. I mean, every, one of those ton- <laughs> Ugh. every one of those towns has a crusty little undercurrent of fuckheads. And I was part of that in Little Bend, Oregon. The coolest part was we got to go up to the city to see culture and things and stuff. Yeah. And not be limited to, like, dudes talking about mountain climbing or something who cares about even going outside if the hill's not good anywho can't swatch in store finding your perfect foundation match is basically impossible right now that's why il maquillage's online quiz is such a game changer it finds your perfect match in seconds from the comfort of your own home and it gets even better with try before you buy you can try your full-size shade at home free for 14 days so convenient in times like these Take the quiz at ilmakiage.com slash quiz. That's I-L-M-A-K-I-A-G-E dot com slash quiz. Support for Clever comes from Master and Dynamic. We know you love great design and care about quality audio. So we know you will love Master and Dynamic's headphones and earphones. Brilliant sound and design motivates everything they do. So Master and Dynamic products are the perfect gift for the music and design obsessed alike. And after you see the craftsmanship and premium materials, we know you'll want to get a pair for yourself too. Whether you're looking for luxurious and comfortable over-ear headphones, portable and power-packed true wireless earphones, or an immersive wireless speaker, Master and Dynamic has what you need to upgrade your listening experience. Hear your favorite podcast, clever, obviously, and your favorite songs in a whole new way. Visit masterdynamic.com and use the code CLEVER for 10% off your new pair of headphones. Terms and conditions apply. That's masterdynamic.com. After art school and all this appreciation and this crusty little undercurrent of the fuckheads, it sounds like you are now crystallizing into a mix of sort of... um, appreciative of your background and also you know widening your eyes to what's possible that's what school did yeah people always say did you need to go because we've heard you say absolutely needed to go contemporary issues contemporary things that you need to avoid Mm -hmm. we met the academics it's not a dirty word but to everybody out there who's 22 and going to grad school and you're 23 and 24, don't. Go teach for 10 years. 
like Santiago Peter Rafeta did. Santiago Peter Rafeta, he was the sweetest guy. And he was good. And when we got him, he was, I don't know, 35 years old, but he had war wounds. Okay. And there were other people, and I'm not going to name the names, but they were just professional teachers. Okay. And it was, they were throwing their weight around in the weirdest of ways. I wanted the guys who had to go, you know, this one woman, she dealt with big city New York bullshit for years. She knew how to handle us. That was worth its weight in gold. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of cynicism being around grad students who were just like, what Go out and hustle like everyone else. I was ready for that. So as much as I would love to go do that stuff, I just got to see all elements, Mm -hmm. and I could not get out quick enough to go work. Okay. Not to change the world, to just make a living. Well, I mean, you seem like you're one part hustler, at least. I want to make a living. I want to make my mom and dad proud. And I had to have a job. It's not even like, what a privilege to be like, how are you going to go use your design to change the world? Who the fuck thinks like that? (laughs) Academics... In a bubble at a $36,000 school. Go to the steel yard. There's no aesthetic there. Don't get cut. Don't grab that. Those signs were just as beautiful to me. Mm -hmm. So the idea that you were going down the line and culture to go work on some newspaper. What what pretentious bullshit. I was ready to go do anything. I was lucky to get some jobs offered that were going to be working on whatever was cool in Minneapolis. But I took a snowboarding magazine job. Yeah, so you moved to Southern California. Oh, yeah, bad, big mistake. Bad. <laughs> it's the, not your the people beautiful there. people. No, everyone was nice. Oh, what there? This is all being filmed too. Thanks. <laughs> just you're very expressive. It's good. Well, who the fuck drives a car at 88 miles an hour cruise control? Everybody in their BMWs. Like my, I didn't. I had a Passat wagon I saved for, and I went in and got my first real loan, four hundred and sixty dollars and fifty cents a month. Paid it for five years, but at least that allowed me to go as fast as everybody down here, and it just scared me. I wasn't here for the beach. Who goes outside? I was here for a magazine with a bunch of scrubby buddies. It was, they were the same guys I would have been on the hill with, you know, and it was awesome, but. I had to try that first before I went and did the cool job. Well, that was first, and then you went and worked for a studio, and then in 2004, yeah. you struck out on your own. Yeah. Now you're the captain. I got just enough of a taste um, you know, in the studio zone in an awesome place called Cinco Design in Portland, Oregon that's still kicking ass. Just enough of a taste. It's not anything on their part. I just found that I could make more money freelance than I could being a good little worker and i try to be a good little worker you know okay. coming in coming in early going staying late but i can make more money freelance so yes 2004 i got free whatever that means i tripled how much i made i tripled my workload and i could sleep in until whenever i wanted if i wanted to stay up till six in the morning it was up to me right what a freedom what a privilege what a um scary well but I, yeah i did it in a midwestern way though i didn't just go jump ship i saved 20 grand Okay. Because that twenty grand, I could have lived on for ten years. Very you know? practical. Well, I'm, 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 that was pounded into me. Did it give you the freedom too to take the types of jobs that you wanted to take? I would. Or not until you had you. enough put away to. I took everything. You took how, everything. It how was, are you going to get more ahead? Scrappy, resourceful. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I learned through that compassion, compromise, how to be a good little constituent, on the clock, off the clock, not fighting none of this adversarial shit i'm the designer you're the something you're the client uh, i'm right you're wrong none of that shit 
get it out the door. Who are you designing for? It's not for my portfolio. It is for this paycheck. Mm-hmm. People always say, what's your favorite thing about graphic design? Those big fucking paychecks. Oh, they're fun. Well, I mean, it's you true. design for the client, and then you get it out the door, and then it's done. But Field Notes is a different story, because you have ownership in that. You are yeah. the empire, emperor of Field Notes. Well, uh, you know, I would say I got lucky. Well, okay. Maybe there's some luck involved, well, snowboarding but and there skateboarding. had to be a clear decision. Oh, yeah. Well, skateboarding, it taught me ownership. Yeah. to challenge stuff. Okay. So if I went to Italy, and I did with one of my clients and they took me through Milan for an awesome day of seeing the highest of culture on their high street or whatever it was called you know seriously going to these Prada places up a sweater for 6,000 bucks you know which way to the big and tall section fellas shit like this just in I don't know what that is in Italian just to mess with them but that day I got a mountain of moleskins 500 bucks worth took them home never seen them before mm-hmm. used them for a couple years and then it was just kind of like this Van Gogh shit they're saying. It's, they're full of shit. It's marketing. It hurt. I just kind of felt betrayed. I really thought Van Gogh used a moleskin back in the day. No, it's something to sell books. So I was like, you know what? I can make these things on my own. That comes simply from like, we can make our own skateboards. We can make our own graphics. We can make our own band, our own record cover. I'm going to make my own little memo books and not have Hello Kitty on it. Right. Or Bitch Soap. <laughs> or ironic, fake faux industrial shmim shmam with bad type i can make my own bad type and have it feel authentic that's all it was and made my own two thousand for two thousand bucks well i want to know how ownership has changed your your paradigm oh man well first of all you know in every one of these i have to say you know jim kudal who is really you know den mother of this thing who watches over all of us and michelle seiler in chicago and brian bedell these are the people that make that thing awesome i got lucky i brought it to you know to jim and said hey you know take a pile of these i was hand screen printing them okay just for the hell of it because you can make 200 in a night i was hand screening because that's how we were trained to do it it was scary for me to go and actually print them because then you're like taking up people's time putting them in jim's hands it became a real thing. It became a company. It became, you know, there were some plans and things, a website, sales. Distribution models, <sighs> yeah. So it, in all honesty, I owe precisely my arm and a good chunk of the torso to Jim. Okay. You know, a fifth of this 666-pound gorilla body because he gave me a future, a company, a way, um, work, things, uh, uh, and also a polish. You know, those guys are... They're, those names I was listing, I love them because they, you know, we have, that's what they, their main thing is now, you know? So we got to get you out of here pretty fast, but I definitely want to talk to you about your creative process. Let's go. Can you encapsulate it for us? Can you like, how does the, I thought we were at 45 minutes. Who's cutting into my time. I've been waiting six months for this shit. I will, I will get this whole thing moving. You can say as long as you want. If you, I just think you got something um, else. So, uh, yeah. yeah, how do you prep the soil? How do you plant the seed? Nurture it into a full-grown thing? Well, with every project that comes down the line, first things first, no money, let's talk. There's other ways to make a living than just getting some paycheck. The pompous quality of what I see is everyone thinks they should be ten grand an hour. That's just not how it works. You know, or every job should be that. I don't take work for that price. I don't do work that. I don't get out of bed. For well, I don't. Than, well, this yeah. kind of. Bo- I mean, they say it. I don't work for things. You know, uh, I don't work for a project that that compromise my creative control. Okay, starve then. 
I just like the idea of like making the client super comfortable, mm-hmm. be it my buddy in a shitty heavy metal band or someone who's actually substantial and professional. I know I'm being a ham with you, but if you put me on a phone call and you were on the other end of that call guiding me, you would never know any of this stuff because that's something I was trained. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So how do you talk about that? Is that an act? No, it's called being a professional. Right. Now, no one's going to know that here because they see me and big and bullshittery and and you know whatever Mm -hmm. you know unkept no 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 no. you know for creative process it's really if there's money on the table it's an italian saying the money's on the table it's time to work i know how to go and be professional have nice emails have research things stuff meetings about meetings emails about meals milestones targets bullshits budgets all that shit really that is the one out of ten Nine things I can look at my buddy Steve Carter and say, I "Hate your face, I hate your, f- I like your kid, Steve. I hate your, I hate your project. I hate you. No, I love them even more because he's a punk rocker, tattoos and switchblades and bullshits all over his skin and stuff. But that's I can make a living with stacking up nine of those mm-hmm. and en- and enjoy my life. So I apply the exact same creative process to that. It just it comes with like a different sort of asterisk at the end. Got it. If I'm talking to you and you're professional, you would never know me that way. If I allow you to cuss first, that's how you do it. That's how you break the ice. And you start talking replacements and other Michigans and shit. If, if it's Susan, the account manager, I will never breach any of that because it's up to her to be comfortable. I make her comfortable. You know what I mean? Yes. So these are little funny tactics of just like... It's relationships. First of all, she's never even going to meet me. Like, we're never going to sit across from each other like this. Not to mention, she may may, uh, hear my voice. It's only through emails. So, what business acumen, what, uh, 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 what are the judgery things she gets to judge me by? Hopefully, it's punctuation. It's saying thank you. It's using her first name in an appropriate way. It's old-fashioned bullshit. If there's nine people on the stupid multi-reply, whatever, the ladies go first and then the dudes go second. My dad taught me this stuff. And I have to put Michaela, McKenna, Mackenzie, Riley, <laughs> Ethan, and, and Carl. That's, I was trained that way. Yeah. I do that. I know it's kind of like persnickety, but every now and again someone will say, I just saw how you did that. The other guys just go like this, reply all, cool. No period. I think no it shows a level of respect and attention to detail that is a hallmark of professionalism. I just want them. If I hope they like the logo in the end. Yes. That's what I'm making. But along the way, I love to defy the odds that a rapscallion like myself, <laughs> pirate sailing the high seas. By the way, if you guys knew how much shit I stole from Adobe in the '90s, <laughs> oh, there'd be a big bill. But we need to get into that. But you know, <laughs> the idea that you can get away with that. Because that is just as a really fun kind of fuckery that we get to hold close. So I appreciate that. People come, mm-hmm. and I hear a lot of this stuff. Drapplin, I know what you really like. But the last three designers, they were terrible to work with. Yeah. Then I'm in. Okay. Let's go. You can come to my house, take your pants off, hang out, relax. I had guys come to my house. Pants off these days is a little iffy. You might well, want to... <laughs> remember, these are a bunch of stupid snowboarding dudes. Okay. They were comfortable. We didn't even have that at our, at our cool big business jobs. No, you got to come to my basement and be comfortable. How cool is that? What a... Do you ever have any, like, mental sludge or self-doubt that you have to work through? Daily. This okay. morning. I mean, who wants to work until 4 in the morning because you're busy with 5,000 other things? 
and then have to get up at seven to meet Amanda. This is what I promised. So yes, that's tough, but it's also an adrenaline fun day to go and feel bigger than you are and be freaked out. And then to tell a kid, no, I was working till four last night. That is absolutely true. So I like that you, it sounds like you embrace it rather than like cowering in fear. You're like, this is good. You know, maybe I want to make a big goddamn paycheck. (laughs) I take care of my mom, my girl. Yeah. Oh, you ought to see my girl. What let's, a breath of fresh air. Let's talk about what, what, that. Let's talk about oh, your what home a, life. What's going on there? Oh, my God. This girl, she might have a vision problem. Well, <laughs> me to you, but she, my Aww. girl Lee, she's just cool, and she's got her shit together. She's a raging, badass feminist who takes no shit from this muskox or really anyone. She's a mom. She has a 19-year-old boy who's a six foot five, beautiful kid who, realize, when he realizes how beautiful he is, ooh. Danger. Trouble. But still kind of a teenager. But um, she's just... Um, Sounds like you're, you've built a happy life for yourself. Oh, we've been together 10 years, 7 months, 4 weeks, 6 hours and 7 oh, minutes. I like I think seeing, maybe it's 8 minutes. I like seeing the oh, love you, love if you saw drafting. her, the way she's looking at me, oh, just relax over the producers <laughs> staring in the window. Here's my... Who's next? Hish? <laughs> so I just... She's very patient with me. And I know I'm a pile of shit. But... She's cool. Tomorrow, you know, we do a, a crazy day of merch here. And the day after, she she turns 41. And she has a laundry list of shit we're going to go do. We're going to the Broad Museum. We're going to Clifton's to eat. We're going to this place to have a nightcap. I can't even get in because I dress like, you know, Cabela's Bargain Cave. She's going to wear a little something. I'm not even allowed in. We're going to this little place to overlook. She's got like nine things. It's her birthday. She's going to do what she wants. And she will curate that. So be uber, uber, uber around town. We'll have, I mean, think of your life and how fast a day goes wherever you live, wherever I live. And then to have one day in LA just to go and just do nothing. That's what we're doing on her birthday. That'll be really fun. Tell her happy birthday for me. And you just had your birthday. Does that mean you guys, same zodiac sign? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. We don't have to get into that. Eh, Libra Schmibra. Yeah, we are. We are. (laughs) Is there anything that you are hell bent on manifesting in this lifetime? An experience, an adventure, an ex- an outcome. Well, health, health. Getting, getting tinier, being a responsible human. Who you know? Yeah, making the out, world output and input. Gotcha. You know how do you know, living, eating, breathing? You know, bleeding like a like a stupid ass American everywhere. You know, I, I think we can all get better with that. Um, I would like to uh, manifest a very swift impeachment of that piece of shit I, i'll put that one on the record if you don't mind don't mind um uh with a, with a very underline and a good mm, futura extra bold um uh <laughs> we get an exclamation I point i mean i i would love to see this is the funny part say i make a bunch of cash and i can retire and then what make logos still for my buddies lgb i'll be just as busy i know yeah. that about myself or what we're gonna retire and go like hike and go outside you know what I mean? Like, I don't, like Lee's always like, let's go to the beach. What? You get sand in the crack. I don't know if it's too hot. She <laughs> likes to go lay in the beach. I don't do that shit. So. I have a feeling you'll still have fun in retirement, though. Well, the idea good is. Good times don't avoid you. Well, to just be a good human being and love this stuff along the way. If I'm 45 years old, that's, what, 10 more years of really kicking ass or trying? Because I don't want to be playing a, a, a 22-year-old game when I'm 55 years old. I can't be. I it's, just, it's just weird, scary to me. 
because I'll just say it. I meet some guys who are like apologetic of their age and stuff. It's like, who gives a shit? You are like seasoned crust. I dig it. The gray <laughs> and the lines and the things. And you're, you know, there's a guy here, and I can't really say his name, but it it, it, it rhymes with Schmemphill. And he is just a very sweet guy and just. He told me how old he was. Now I'm not going to name any names, but it was just really cool that he's that old and not that old. Oh, I've met some old people that have the most forward-thinking minds ever. So and I, they've got the wisdom. You put that with the forward-thinking, and then now you've got a magic combination. So I just want to be you know, a fun, middle-aged person. want to live a nice, long, healthy life, and then die hard at a good splat. I don't know, hazmat situation when I'm about... <laughs> right. All this shit is bits. You know this, right? It's <laughs> call, all been practiced. Call the crime scene cleaners. Now I'm on a real podcast. But what about when you're talking to seven little rat kids in Clemson? You have seven <laughs> listeners. Like, how many listeners do you guys have? Seven. All right. Well, listen, do you have a recent project or an upcoming project that you want our listeners to know about? Ooh, I have something that I can't talk about. But I'll just say this much. Okay. It is a democratization of graphic design. It's something that everyone gets to use, and I can't talk about it until it comes out. Okay. When it does come out, um, it's going to be sweet. It's going to be sweet, and it'll be all over America. But I'm not allowed to say anything. I am beside myself because it's been a dream thing. But I can't talk about it. Okay. But something I can talk about. Can you talk about maybe when you can talk about it? Do you uh, know when, when it comes out. That's all uh, I can you do. Don't, okay. You know, like with records. But you don't know when that is? I don't. Okay. Because they're real weird about it. But okay. records, there's a schedule. The band hits this, the new DeLines record for my friends Richmond Fontaine in Portland, their new little record called the DeLines, that comes out in a month or something. I could talk about that all day long. What incredible currency to work on that stuff for your friends. That's what yeah. I do in Portland. Yeah. Um, some of these bigger things. What are your dreams? Well, I hit them already, which was just being self-sufficient, making yeah. enough to take care of Lee, my mom. Uh, my rat sisters, and then my my little nephew, my terrible friend Dale. Okay, so I got it all covered. I got it all covered, and and I know these are dumb little sound bites and bits and stuff, and everyone else will be so much elegant and smart and all this saying, say cute things like I haven't had my coffee yet. I'm sorry, I'm so whatever the same shit here over and over again. That's been the goal. There's no accolades. There's no gold medals or you know whatever the fucks. Who cares? I like how indignant you get. I haven't had my coffee yet. You're gonna hear it. <laughs> I hear it all day long. Listen, this has been really awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your your what do you, your crusty fuckery with us. <laughs> Can we just keep it professional? Okay. Can we keep it? No, man. I like your kind of professional. I just I just want to have fun. You know, if you're ever in Portland, you oh, come. Yeah. You know, not if you are. Next time you're there, we'll bring you by the shop, put you to work. I'm, I'm down. I am so down with Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. To learn more about Aaron and see images of his work, go to cleverpodcast.com. Or you can click the link in the details of this episode on your podcast app. And thanks again to Adobe Max and Airstream. Let's do this again. Next time I'll be there. Yes. <laughs> you can also subscribe to Clever on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're in the mood, please rate and review us. It really helps us connect with new listeners and share these stories. We also love chatting with you on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Clever Podcasts. Clever is created, produced, and hosted by us, Amy Devers and Jamie Derringer, a.k.a. 2VDE Media, with editing by Jenny Josephson and music by L1011. Clever is proudly distributed by Design Milk.
Imagine if you could shop the shelves of all your local liquor stores at the same time. Well, spoiler alert, you can with Drizzly, the number one alcohol delivery app. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly is giving all new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code SAVE5 at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com.